0: All right, I'm ready. Ready, bro. ready? I'm ready. Hi. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I'm grateful to see each and every one of you here, and grateful to see. Um, Everyone tuning in from Facebook and YouTube, good morning to all of you. Scriptures say this is the day that the Lord has made. And let's rejoice and be glad in it. And the fact that you and I are here and up and alive, God is not done using us to make a difference for his kingdom. And let's take advantage of that. I think we need to take advantage of that and make the most of every opportunity we've got. All right, here we go. This opening song is designed to uh, kind of orient our hearts towards gratitude and being thankful for how God is uh, working in us and through us. So I pray that you will worship the Lord with gratitude, fully engaged right now. Here we go. This is the day. That you have made. That's right. Whatever comes,
1: I won't complain. For all my hope is in your name. And all your joy awaits my praise. And I give thanks. I give thanks for all you have done. I will sing of your mercy and your love Your love is unfailing Lord, I am grateful Lord, I am grateful When I was down When I was down You brought me out You set my feet on higher ground So here I stand Here I stand, you are my God, your faithfulness, my solid rock. Oh, I give thanks, I give thanks for all you have done. And I will sing of your mercy and your love, your love is unfailing, but I am grateful. I give thanks for all you have done. I won't forget all the battles you have won. Your love is unfair. That's right. Lord, I am grateful. Lord, I am grateful. Let's give thanks again one more time. Here we go. I give thanks for all you have done. And I will sing of your mercy and your love. Your love is unfailing. Lord, I am grateful. I give thanks for all you have done. I won't forget all the battles you have won. Your love is unfailing. Lord, I am grateful. Lord, I am grateful. Hallelujah. Lord, I am grateful.
0: And I am grateful for who I am in Christ. That I am, that we are who God says we are. Not what anyone else says we are. Not what the world says we are. Not what a magazine says we are. But what Jesus says we are. Let's sing, church. Who am I that the
1: highest King
0: would welcome?
1: was lost, but He brought me Oh, His love for me. Oh, His love for me. Oh, love for me. The sun sets free. Oh, his free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Free at last He has ransomed me, His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to Him, Jesus died for me. Yes, He died for me. Who the sun sets free oh, His free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. My Father's house. In my Father's house. There's a place for me. That's right. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I am chosen. I am chosen. Not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. Yes, I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Yes, I am. And who you say I am Who the sun sets free all He's free indeed I'm a child of God Yes, I am In my Father's house There's a place for me I'm a child of God. Yes, I am.
0: My Father's house. Let's sing it. In my
1: Father's house There's a place for me I'm a child of God, yes I am. I'm a child of God, sing it. I'm a child of God,
0: yes I am. And we praise God for that. Amen. You can have a seat everyone.
2: God, yes I am. Wow. Um, that should really want us to be, stand up and just shout, you know. It's just, we're a child. We're a child of God. I'm so grateful for that. So this morning, we are going to turn our focus to revival prayer. And I want you to, to I want to share with you what's been on my heart recently. And specifically this morning, I want us to focus on praying for The one that is so far from God. For broken people in our lives and in our community that are in desperate need of being redeemed. Now, when I just said that, I know someone's face popped into your mind. You had an image in your mind when I said that person that is so far from God. And I don't know... um, or that when you when you thought of that person, you, you might have thought, oh, oh, that person would never step foot in the church, <laughs> let alone surrender their life to Jesus. So get their face in your mind right now. It could be your spouse. It could be your prodigal child. It could be your grandchild, your coworker, your neighbor. But we all know those people. You know that person. And that is the person I want us to pray for. We must live out the truth that no one, no one is beyond the redemption power of Jesus Christ. Amen. No one. Amen. But how will they get there unless we are actively praying? Amen. You see, revival's for the church, and it's for our city. And re- revival is, is it's hearts coming back to God, and it's hearts that are turning to God for the first time. God wants to use us, the church, to reach those that are farthest from him. God can create a unique encounter for that one. What comes to my mind is the story of Saul in the Bible. Saul was a persecutor of the church. He would actually go into homes and pull out Christ's followers and have them killed. That is the person that was so far from God. Yet what happened? He had an encounter with God. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he was forever changed. We need to pray for those encounters in that one that is so far from God. Church, I am calling you up to prayer. Consistent and constant prayer. Praying daily. Coming monthly to revival prayer. We are here the first of every month On Sunday evening, praying for that one and praying for our community. Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. The primary call for Christians is to be people of prayer. And I love this quote by E.L. Moody. He said, every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. And I just want to say that that I just feel like somebody needs to hear this. If you have a prodigal person in your life, if you have a son or daughter that's far from God, never stop praying. And when the supernatural happens, God gets all the glory. We are praying for revival. When God brings it, I don't want my family and my friends and my church or my city passed over. When God pours out his spirit in these days, I want him to find us praying, and I want him to find us worshiping. So would you pray with me right now? Lord, we look to you. You are where our hope comes from. God, thank you that your eyes roam throughout this earth so that you may strongly support those whose heart is completely yours. Lord, see us and hear our prayers. We humbly come before you praying for revival in the city of Fairfield. Lord, forgive and heal our land. And Lord, specifically, this morning, we are praying for that one who is so far from you. And church, right now, as I'm praying, lift up that person's name to God right now in your heart. Just say their name to God right now. Lord, hear their names. You know them You love them. You see them. God, I boldly ask that you would bring a supernatural encounter into their lives to draw them to you. Lord, revive us and awaken and save. May we live for you, love others with your love, and may we honor you. God, bring revival in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you so much, Carolyn. I love it when she prays, and I love it when she speaks, and I think sometimes, you know, "Ah, I get to live with her. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. Let's take a moment now, and uh, let's take a few minutes to greet one another. before uh, Joy and I have one more song to lead you in, but let's take a a few moments to greet one another, and uh, we'll uh, continue in just a second. Folks, let's make our way back to our seats. Love watching y'all connect. Makes me feel good. and pray this song encourages you to look to him to focus your heart and your eyes on him God I look to you let's sing God I look to you
1: I won't be overwhelmed give me wisdom to see things like you do God I look to you you're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. Yes, you do. Oh, we look to you. Yes, we look to you. Sing it again now. God, I look to you.
3: Me overwhelmed.
1: Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you, Lord, my shield I will love you, Lord, my rock Forever, all my days
3: I will love you, God
1: Oh, I will love you, Lord God, I look to you. God, I look to you.
3: I won't be overwhelmed.
1: Give me
3: vision.
1: Give me things like you do. Yes, I look to you. You're where my help comes from.
3: Give
1: me wisdom. You know just what to do I will love you, Lord, my strength I will love you, Lord, my shield And I will love you, Lord, my rock Forever, all my days I will love you, God and I will love. I will love you, Lord, my name. I will love you, Lord, my shield. Yes, I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever all
0: my days, I will love you, God. Sing Hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah, our God
3: reigns.
1: Hallelujah, reign. oh, hallelujah, our God reigns. Hallelujah, our God forever all my days. Hallelujah. Sing it again, church. Hallelujah.
3: Hallelujah, our God reigns.
1: Oh, hallelujah, our God reigns. Yes, hallelujah, our God reigns. Forever all my days. Hallelujah, our God reigns. Hallelujah, our God reigns. Hallelujah, our God reigns.
3: Hallelujah.
1: Oh, hallelujah, i got rain
3: Forever
1: all my days, hallelujah God, I look to you or where my help comes from, give me wisdom, you know just what to do.
3: Lord Jesus, we want to look to you today. With whatever we're facing or whatever is kind of difficult in our life, we want you to be our go-to. Your word says, I looked at the hills and where does my hope comes from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And Lord, I pray that we would be a church that looks to you, God, first. That you are our Lord, you are our maker. There is nothing too hard for you. And so, God, we look to you today. We ask for wisdom and guidance each day. And we pray that you would be glorified in all things today, in our lives and in this church. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Amen. Amen. Y'all have a seat. So good to see you guys today. It's really good uh, to be back here. Uh, Joy and I, we uh, got away for about a week and a half. It was really good. We went back to see my mom, my sister, and then also uh, to see uh, her parents And so it was a really, uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. We got to, uh, uh, when we were in Arkansas, we got to watch a little bit of football. Uh, Unfortunately, the games I was interested in didn't go the way I wanted them to go. Uh, But we we got to hang out with some friends. We got to eat some really good food. We went to a place called HB's, uh, which has the best barbecue ever. Uh, It is awesome. It's in this little converted house and i've gone to it since i was a little kid and uh it's in a it's in a neighborhood you really don't go to anymore uh anyway but it's kind of a it's in this house it's in the middle of these woods and uh but had some barbecue and it was fantastic awesome they 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 don't take checks uh they don't take atms they don't take credit cards but they will take cash all right and uh And they have a little sign up there that well never mind they have they have a lot of signs I won't go into those, uh, but we did that then while we were in Oklahoma, seeing joy's parents uh it was it was a lot of fun, joy and her mom went went shopping which i'm uh and and then vic and i we he he got this new little twenty two rifle uh a little savage and he he bought it brand new for thirty five bucks. And I'm like, wow, um, yeah, yeah. So it's like, so we went out, shot his rifle, had a lot of fun. Then we went out uh, fishing. I caught a couple of uh, of catfish. I threw one back, and then I threw the large one back, and we ate the the smaller one, which was pretty good size. It was about five pounds. So. Um, but we, it was really good. We, we just, it was just fun. We played some games together, all of that. But it's really good to be back here with you guys today. Uh, if you're joining us today from Facebook, if you are joining us, uh, from YouTube, we're really glad you're with us. We miss you, uh, and we just, we're praying for you, wish the best for you. So today we're gonna continue the series. We're, we're doing a series on the book of James called, uh, A Faith That Works. And one of the concerns that James had when he wrote the book of James is that some people make a profession of faith. They make a profession of faith. They say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but sometimes what they say they believe and how they live is very, very different. Okay? That sometimes they'll say they believe in Jesus, but it doesn't always come out either in their actions or in their words. And so we want to talk about a faith that works because that's what we want. We want our faith to work for us. We want it to work in our lives, and we want to work out our faith uh, in a way that's, that's really holy, that's good. Uh, I want you to imagine with me for a moment that Elon Musk, uh, and uh, Elon. y'all know who Elon Musk is? Most of you do, you know, Tesla, SpaceX. billion. That's what Elon Musk is worth. He is worth $228 billion. You know what that means? Do do, do you know how much money $228 billion is? This is what I want you to think about. If he gave away a million dollars a day, it would take a thousand days just to give away $1 billion. If he gave away a million dollars a day, he could give it to me. Oh, I I didn't mean to say that. If he gave away a million dollars a day, it would take him 228,000 days to give away all of his wealth. Do you know how long 228,000 days is? That is almost 625 years. That's how much money he's worth. Okay, are you all with me? Elon Musk. Elon Musk walks into a crowded room, and then a woman, a woman, little old lady, kind of shabbily dressed, walks in, and she's worth two cents. Okay, you you got this? Elon Musk, with all of his wealth, all of his influence, all of his power, and a little old lady who's worth two cents. Who gets the attention? Who gets the clamor? Who gets the celebration? Are, are you with me here? In our world, in our world, um, we sometimes show higher regard for the rich. We shun, sometimes show higher regard for, uh, for the powerful, for the influential, for the attractive, for the gifted, for the talented, for the athletic, for someone who's musically gifted. For someone who can make us laugh. These are the people in our world that we sometimes um, give the most attention to. But the Bible tells us, God tells us, that in the church and in our personal lives, it's not supposed to look like that. It's supposed to look like something really, really different. And so today what I want to do is I want to read for you. Uh, I want us to look at what what God says about this, and I want us to look at uh, James chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. First of all, I've got to get to the right book and the right chapter. James chapter 2, 1 through 13, and and what we're going to do, and this is a little bit different from what we typically do, I actually want to read this text for you in two different versions. I want to read it for you in two different versions, and the reason I want to do that is because I, I think that by reading two different versions, it might give you a little extra uh, insight. And this morning, it was really interesting, is that I typically preach from the NID uh, version of the Bible, which I think is a fantastic translation. But whenever I'm studying, whenever I'm studying the Scriptures, I always read the text multiple times, but also read the context of the text, I want to make sure I'm understanding the text in its context. But the other thing that I do is typically I'll read through four or more different translations. And this morning I was going back again, just reading devotionally, not so much working on my message, but hopefully letting the message, letting the text of Scripture work on me. But what I did is I read it through in the NIV, and then I read it through in the New Living Translation. And what I did, it was just kind of just a couple things kind of popped in my head. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to read for you both different versions, okay? And so it's going to be on the screen. I would encourage you, if you have a Bible with you, whether it's a a hard copy like this or an electronic copy, I'd encourage you to to have your Bible with you. But right now I'm going to read, first of all, from the NIV uh, text. And it says this. It says, My brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Circle that word favoritism if you've got your Bible open or highlight it. Believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting, Elon Musk, wearing a gold ring and, and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you. But you say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated? Key word. Circle that word. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Underline that phrase. See, when we show favoritism. When we discriminate, when we show partiality, we become judges with evil motives. That's what the Bible says. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor is it not the rich who are exploiting you are not they the ones who are dragging you into court are they not uh, are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong Real, let's pause here for a moment okay let me just make a couple comments on this first of all uh, J- J- james is not saying here that every poor person is a believer in jesus and is going to go to heaven that's not what he's saying nor is he saying that every person who is wealthy is a bad guy okay just because a person's blessed financially doesn't make them bad, okay? doesn't, all right? A person can be very wealthy and be very, very godly and if they use their wealth uh, in a way that brings honor and glory to the name of Jesus. So what we're talking about, though, in the ancient world at this time, and this still happens in the modern world, but in the ancient world at that, at, at that time, many of those who were rich got rich by oppressing the poor. And many of the people who were true believers in Jesus came more from the poorer classes than from the rich. We'll get to that. I'll I'll talk to you about that a little bit more later. So just want to give you context. want to make sure we're all in the context of the text and understanding it. James goes on to write this. He says, listen, my dear brothers and sisters. Oh, excuse me, I read read that. Verse 8. If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. But if you show favoritism, there's that word again. If you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he said, you shall not commit adultery, also said, you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. And then... James says this, he says, speak and act, okay? Your faith should shape the way you speak. If you believe in Jesus, it should shape the very words that come out of your mouth. Because the words that come out of our mouths reveal what's in our hearts. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged. Remember earlier he talked about don't be judges with evil motives? And now what he's saying to us, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy. Wow. These are kind of heavy words. I would never say anything like this, okay? Uh, But it's not me. This is the word of God. Uh, Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy. You hear that? Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Now remember the context of this is we're talking about discrimination. We're talking about prejudice, and we're talking about favoritism. So these are kind of strong words of warning. Speaking acts as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Underline that phrase. Those are fantastic words to lean on, to hope in. Mercy triumphs over judgment. All right, that's the, that's the NIV version. Let me read for you the New Living Translation. And this may be a little bit much, and if it is, I apologize. I won't do it again next week, okay? All right, uh, the NIV, this is the New Living Translation, all right? And, uh, wow, man, I don't know if y'all can see the print size on this. It's like tiny print, all right? So give me a little patience on this one, okay? I really need the larger print. Uh, it says here, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you show favor, if you, show, if you favor some people over others? Wow. I mean, I don't know if that grips you, it grips me. My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith? In our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, if you favor some people over others. For example, some suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, you, you stand over there or sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this... Uh, Doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Listen to me, my dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who inherit the kingdom that uh, that He promised to those who love Him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppress you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you, serve, if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is guilty as a person, is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you've still broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Let me just pray for a moment. And then let's uh, dig into this text and and see what what God has for us in it. God, today, my prayer is that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand. Lord, help us to be different from the world around us. Help us to show regard and kindness, and, and to show uh, people that they matter to us because they matter to you, regardless of their socioeconomic status, regardless of their race or their ethnicity, regardless of of anything else, their level of education. Help us, God, to show people they matter to God, regardless of what kind of background they come from. And I pray this in Jesus name and for your glory. Amen. All right. All right. So very, very quickly, let me just kind of give this to you. Um, Couple of thoughts, couple of thoughts, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna try to unpack this. First of all, true faith treats others the way we want to be treated. Do you agree with that? True faith treats others the way we want to be treated. If you want to know your faith is true, how do you treat people around you? How do you treat people of a different race or ethnicity? How do you treat the immigrant? By the wall, there's a lot of stuff in the scriptures that talk about showing kindness to the immigrant. How do you treat the immigrant? How do you treat the poor? How do you treat the rich? How do you treat the educated, the uneducated? How do you treat the, a person who's very attractive or a person who's very much like the rest of us? How do you treat people? Do you treat people Uh, Based upon a superficial judgment, judging people in a superficial way. See, see, true faith treats others the way we want to be treated. I want to be treated with kindness. Don't you? I do. I want to be treated like I matter. Do you? Yeah. I, I want to be treated with kindness and respect and like I matter. And so that's what God wants me to do, and that's what God wants you to do. He wants us to see true faith. True faith is seen in treating other people the way we want to be treated, regardless of their background, regardless of their politics, regardless of their education, their socioeconomic status. status. True faith treats others the way we want to be treated. And 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 the the point of this text is that we should show favoritism to none and love and mercy to all. We should show favoritism to none and love and mercy to all. Let me let me break this down and let's look at it a little bit more closely here. First of all, show favoritism to none. My dear brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, you must not show favoritism. Show favoritism to none. That doesn't mean that, you know, if Elon Musk walks in, you're supposed to be unkind to him. That's not the point, okay? But it doesn't mean you're supposed to try to curry his favor while you ignore someone else who may be less wealthy. Does that make sense? The woman with two cents. The little lady with two cents. I want you to... I want want to do something. I I actually watched a a message on this that was preached several years ago by Francis Chan, and he he did something. I want to kind of do something similar with you if I can for a moment. I want you to imagine for a moment that Elon Musk walks into our our church, okay? And he sits down right next to you, okay? I want you to imagine that. And then Zendaya. How many of y'all know who Zendaya is? A few of you? Yeah, yeah. 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 The cultured ones. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. I just showed favoritism, didn't I? Oh, oh, my. Okay. So Zendaya, she's a beautiful young woman, very, very talented. She's a singer, actress, dancer. Uh, She was in this movie called The Greatest Showman. If any of y'all have seen that, Uh, she was also in uh, the the three latest Spider-Man movies. She was in Dune uh, recently in Dune. A lot of other movies. If she walks in, you know you're you're gonna notice her. She's just a, a beautiful young woman. So let's imagine that Elon Musk walks in and sits down on one side of you, and then let's imagine that Zendaya sits down on the other side of you. Let's imagine also that um, uh, let's imagine for a moment that Tom Brady walks in and he sits down right next to Jim Winchell. <laughs> he sits right down and, you know Tom Brady is a pretty good quarterback. He's a pretty good guy. He's won seven Super Bowls. Uh, he's just sitting out next to Jim Winchell, And then the best quarterback of all time walks in, Joe Montana. And he sits right next to Steve Acord. <laughs> and then let's just imagine that there are these people who walk in, and they're sitting right next to you, and they're kind of famous, and they're wealthy and powerful and all that kind of stuff. You know, they're you know good looking and all these other things. How many of you are really paying any attention to me now? I guarantee you, you're going to be thinking about the people next to you. I'll probably be thinking about the people next to you as well. All right? But then I want you to imagine this for a moment. I want you to imagine this. You you got this scenario. You got the scenario of where all these people walk in. And they're all so important from a worldly point of view. And then I want you to imagine... For a moment. That the glorious. Lord Jesus Christ. In all of his glory. Shining brighter than the sun. Descends into this room. Onto this stage. I guarantee you. Everybody else. Your focus. Your attention is on nothing. And no one else. Except the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, see what, 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 um, and and I think there is in here for us a little bit of a um, uh, an exhortation, an encouragement. It, it, see in James two one it says, "My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ." He is the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. And when He is the object of our affections, $228 billion means nothing. Wealth and good looks, education none of those things really matter. My brothers and sisters, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. And the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. You remember the little old lady shabbily dressed worth two cents? In Luke 21, Jesus tells, it doesn't tell us a story, but Jesus is present close to the temple. And he's watching people come in, very wealthy people coming in. Pouring their money into the treasure. By the way, uh, the the receptacles for receiving the treasure kind of look like almost like a horn. Uh, And so when the coins would go in, it would kind of ring out. You would hear it. But then Jesus sees a little old lady, a widow, shabbily dressed. And she gives two Copper coins into the treasury. Do you remember this story? It's in Luke 21, verses 1 through 4. And Jesus says to his disciples, He says, He says this, something like this Behold, I tell you, truly, this woman has given more than all the rest. For they gave out of their wealth, but she Gave all that she had to live on. See, oftentimes what we clamor about most in this world is something that is really insignificant and unimportant to God. Um, So I'm just going to say the first thing I really want you to get here is um, is that we should show favoritism to none. Uh, favoritism is the practice of giving unfair preferential treatment to one person or group at the expense of another. Uh, in 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 this text, what James does is he gives them he, he he gives them he gives them several reasons why they shouldn't do this. He says, first of all, you know, that, that has not God chosen those who are poor to be rich in faith? And then he says, you know, is it not the rich who are oppressing you and dragging you into court? Is it not the rich who are blaspheming the noble name of Jesus? And he says that's not the way it's supposed to be with you. You're supposed to be fundamentally different from the rest of the world. By the way, when we in this church are fundamentally different from the world, you know what happens? People that the world, we show the people around us that they matter to God. By showing them that they matter to us. We give them a place of belonging. We give them a place of friendship. We give them a family. We give them so much. This is the reason it's so important to me every Sunday morning. That you don't just greet your your favorite people. The people you love seeing that you haven't seen seen since the last week. I want you to greet those people. They should be your favorite people. We should be like family. But we should also be like families to the person who's showing up for the very first time. Or the person who hasn't been with us as long. We want to treat all people like they matter to God. Um, And we want to treat them like they matter to us. Second thing I want to say is that we should show favoritism to none. But we should show love to all. In in verse 8, James says this. If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, uh, love your neighbors yourself. Okay, if you really keep the royal law uh, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right now, uh, a couple of questions here why is this called the royal law uh, you know I don't know there, there's a couple of different reasons it could be because it was uh, given to us from the king of heaven uh, it could be because it was given to us from King Jesus you know this is in the Old Testament law in the book of Leviticus, but what what Jesus does is he says he says this when when he 's asked what is the most important law most important commandment in the scriptures, Jesus responds by saying, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind, love your neighbors yourself um, and and maybe it 's the royal law because it kind of is the summary of all law okay of the Old Testament scriptures uh and 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 um uh, you know Jesus um, so so it, but basically what he's telling us here is that we are to show love uh, we're to keep the royal love found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. love your neighbor as yourself. now, if I were really clever. I might say, you know, which neighbor? Which neighbor? Because, you know, some of my neighbors are easier to love than others. Which neighbor? My rich neighbor? My attractive neighbor? My educated neighbor? My white neighbor? My fill-in-the-blank neighbor? And when the Scripture tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves, it means not just my favorite kind of neighbor, but my every kind of neighbor. That I am to show the love of Jesus to them. And that I am to live by this. And in doing this, I'm doing right. You know, again... I I could see someone kind of objecting to this. Uh, You know, aren't you making way too big of a deal out of this whole favoritism thing? You know, James, aren't you making too big of a deal out of this? Really, isn't it? It's not really that bad. I mean, it's not like murdering someone or committing adultery, right? It's not like one of those really, you know, big commandments. This is just kind of a little commandment, right? doesn't really need me to obey it, Right? And then James says something that that addresses this. He says, if you show favoritism, you sin and you are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law, whoever keeps the whole law, who obeys every part of the Scripture, yet stumbles at just one point, is guilty of breaking all of it. Um. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. In the Bible, we have many laws, but we have one law. And really, all those other laws are different parts of this one bigger law. Which I think is summed up in that the statement, love your neighbors yourself. See, if at any point we fail to show love, it's not like we've just broken a little part, we've broken the whole. I mean, if you cut off a little part of my body, my whole body is going to be hurting. You know what I mean? Oh, someone comes in. They've got a cleaver, meat cleaver in their hand. Right, can I cut off a little part of your body? Is that okay? I mean, you're going to be like, no. I mean, it, it, see, the the body is a whole. It's it is an integrity. It is a whole, and God's command is a whole, and it's all summed up in this idea of loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind, loving your neighbors yourself. So we are to show favoritism to none. We are to show love to all. And third, we're to show mercy to all. Where do I see that? Verses 12 and 13. James says this. He says, speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Oh, interesting thought. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged. Wait a second. Judged? I mean, I'm a Christian. I'm not going to go through judgment, am I? Am I going to go through judgment? Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law of the freedom. The Bible says this: For you must all appear. You know what "all" means? That's right. In in Greek, the the Greek word for "all" means all. Did y'all know that? Just wanted in case y'all were wondering if you meant mostly or maybe partially. Actually, the word Greek word for "all" means all. Okay. For we must all, we, we must all, all of us appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That means nobody escapes appearing before Jesus' as judge. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ Christ so that each of us may receive what is due. I'm going to be honest with you. There are a few things I've done in my life, and I don't really want to receive what's due. Okay? So that each one of us may receive what is due for the things we've done while in the body. Whether good or bad. Is the Bible teaching us here that all Christians are going to suffer eternal judgment? No. But all of us will appear before the judge. And according to the scriptures, there are rewards for righteous living. And there are losses of rewards for unrighteous living. When we appear before God, we want to appear before him as those who have spoken and acted is those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. By the way, what do we mean here? The law gives freedom. How does the law give freedom? The law sets up boundaries for us. It sets up boundaries for us. Boundaries kind of feel like offense. They feel like we're closed in. It feels like we're being restricted from those things. The law feels restricted. How does the law give freedom? A while back I told you the, the parable of the little kite. Were any of y'all here that Sunday? Uh, today, I, I don't want to tell you the law, uh, the parable of the little kite. I want to share with you the parable of the little train. Can I do that? See, once there was a little train, his name was Thomas. There was a little train, his name was Thomas. He was a great train. He really was. He's painted blue. Had a wonderful smile. And, and, and Thomas... Uh, he was this train, and he loved riding on the tracks, and he loved riding through the cu- countryside. He loved being able to ride next to oceans and see the beauty of the oceans. He loved being able to ride across the plains, and then he loved riding next to the, the Rocky Mountains and seeing the Rocky Mountains. And he loved riding along uh, the uh, along rivers. His favorite river was the Arkansas River. He loved riding along all these rivers. He loved seeing all these new new and different cities. And one day while he was out, you know, going down the track, he thought, Wow, there's this meadow over here. I would love to be able to go over to the meadow. I'd, I'd love to be able to go and explore that meadow and see what's in the meadow. And he looked down at his tracks and he felt resentment. These tracks, they keep me in bondage. These tracks, they keep me from going where I really want to go. You know, the track giver wasn't a very good track giver. The track giver is depriving from me what I really want and desire deep down in my heart. I want to go and explore the meadow. And so Thomas... He gets up a load of steam. And he starts going down the track faster and faster and faster. And he leaps off the track into the meadow. And as he, as he, he leaps off the track, he lets out a loud whistle. Like trains do. And he exults and he celebrates. I'm free. I'm free of the tracks that kept me in bondage. And then he tries to explore the meadow. And he finds that he can't go anywhere. He finds that what he thought was freedom is really bondage. This is one of the great lies of our world. The world is telling us God's denying us. He's denying you your desires. You can't trust that kind of a God. By the way, you know who that sounds like? Sounds a lot like the deceiver, the serpent, Satan in the garden. He is holding you back, keeping you from what you truly desire, what you deserve. See, the law was never intended to keep us in bondage. It's the law that gives us true freedom. The way of the law is love. And the way of the law is to show mercy to others. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. This concerns me a little bit. I'm just going to tell you really honestly. This concerns me with how I hear some people, uh, so-called Christians, speaking in our world today. Sometimes I hear condemnation in their voices rather than mercy. I hear condemnation instead of the gospel. I hear condemnation of sin instead of freedom in the gospel. We need to be known for the gospel. We need to be known for our mercy. Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What God wants us to do is he wants us to show mercy. Regardless of who comes to the door, if it's Elon Musk, Elon Musk. If it's a little old lady worth two cents, it's a little old lady worth two cents. He wants us to show love. He wants us to show mercy. He wants us to treat all people like they matter to us. Why? Because they matter to God. The message of the Bible is very simple. I'm going to go ahead and ask the worship team to come back up. The message of the scriptures here is very simple. Show favoritism to none and love and mercy to all. Let's pray. God, you are great, you are awesome, you are good, you are faithful. Lord, I rejoice and I am so grateful that you are God who shows mercy. Because, Lord, I desperately need mercy. I have been guilty of favoritism many, many times in my life. Lord, this isn't the way I want to be. And I know others of us here probably feel similar things. Maybe not in the same measure that I might. Maybe in greater measure. I don't know. But, Lord, what we want is we want to be people who show mercy to others. Your word says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Lord, that's what we want to do. We want to be people who show mercy to all people, not just our favorite kinds of people. We want to be people who love all kinds of people. Lord, we want, we want to be people who are shaped by the gospel. Who are shaped by what shapes your heart, your mind. We want that to shape our hearts, our minds. We pray this in Christ's name and for your glory. Amen.
0: Amen. Gary, thank you so much. That was, um, I mean, how different would our world be? How different would our community be, our church be, if we showed favoritism to no one and showed love and mercy to all? Thank you for that. Um, Before we. Uh, close things out today, I want to let you know about a few important uh, announcements and then also about our offering as well. I'm excited that we have some small groups that have uh, started back up. We have uh, the Clausens leading on Tuesday nights and we have uh, the Acords leading on Thursday nights right now. And so if you aren't plugged into a group, I encourage you to connect with one of them. Um, and uh, those are fantastic ways for you to find connection and belonging, and to and to you know dig into scripture like we d- like we dug into today, and go deeper and uh, even deeper and applying it to our lives and, and learning how to how to live it out. So I uh, invite you to take that next step if you haven't done so already and join a group. Thanks, Rudy. Absolutely, (laughs) it's good to see you. By the way, it's very good to see you. And also, um, uh, I want to remind you every uh, Wednesday at four o'clock at Journey Coffee uh, over on Chadbourne Road. Pastor Gary and I are there to um, to connect with you, uh, available to talk with you about anything uh, and everything. Um, I'm heading out of town this week I won't be there this week but Gary will be and it's always a great atmosphere and a great uh, way to um you know maybe you have uh, questions about the church or questions about something you've been, you you've been reading in the Bible and you're not sure you know what it's about or you want to talk about how well the Razorbacks are doing you know <laughs> he said cheekily as as I said that um so I invite I encourage you to do that and join us there. Um and then finally we want to uh w- before we worship God with one more song we want to worship God with our giving. Uh the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. And when we uh give cheerfully we are being very much like Jesus and we are becoming more and more like him who is the giver of all good things. And so uh, I want to uh, let you know there are five different ways that you can give. You can find all of them. They're on the screen. And you can also find all of them on our website, uh, SolanaValley.org, and on our app as well. So we thank you for. Um...
5: I thought I'd join you guys for a little fastball. So... No,
0: yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, you can do that. Hi, Eric.
5: Okay, so in case you didn't know, I'm Eric, and Tuesday's group is at 6.30. I know Thursdays might not work out for you, but, you know, Tuesdays, it's at my place. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. No, the, the, the real reason I'm up here is to uh, talk Arkansas football oh, man. and maybe Oklahoma football. <laughs> In case you didn't see the score yesterday, it wasn't very good for Oklahoma. Um. Um, that was correct. Zero for Oklahoma. It's
6: all right. Not eternal.
5: Uh, No. The real reason I'm up here is, as all of you already know, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. Shout out to Tessa, because I would have forgotten. So, Tessa, thank you. Um, At this time, I'd like to invite Pastor Gary back up and Carolyn to the stage. Thanks, man. I'm supposed to kind of script these things, but I... I, I can't do that. I just got to wing it. <laughs>
4: okay. um, you're pretty good at
5: winging that. Well, yeah, so, you know, Gary has three weeks off, and he comes up with, you know, Thomas a train illustration, so <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> one. <laughs> but they, they very well-deserved uh, vacation, so we're glad you're back. And uh, we do have uh, some gifts for the ladies. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the guys look, uh, you know, too. But we we do have also um, a card. And this is kind of like the card that you would get from your grandmother when it was your birthday. You know, the real treat was, you know, inside the card. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thanks, (laughs) Grandma. (laughs) So um, I just want to say, you know, how privileged we are to have you guys as pastors and pastors' wives. As you can see, everybody was involved in this morning's service, so we know how deep do you guys love the church and how much we love you. So it's a little token of our appreciation, and I won't be singing. Yeah.
3: So, <laughs> thank you so much,
5: thank and we care. love you. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And we coordinated today. Yeah. 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 Right. Thank, you.
0: thank you very much. Kind of disappointed you don't want to sing. We're gonna—I was gonna close with a collective soul song. I thought you'd be uh, perfect for that. What's that? <laughs>
3: That's
0: great. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind. I appreciate it. Let's stand together. Hey, I'm grateful, and <laughs> I want to. Uh, I just want to keep that vibe going right now. All right, let's sing one more time, church. This This is is the day
1: that that you have made.
0: Whatever comes, I
1: won't complain. For all my hope is in your name (laughs) and all your joy. joy. Awaits my praise. Give thanks. I give thanks for all you have done. And I will sing of your mercy and your love. Your love is unfailing. Lord, I am faithful. When I was down... When I was down, you brought me out, you set my feet on higher ground, yes you did, so here I stand, you are my God, your faithfulness, my solid rock, and I give thanks, give thanks for all you have done. And I will sing of your mercy and your love, your love is unfailing, Lord I am grateful. I give thanks for all you have done, I won't forget all the battles you have won, your love is unfailing, Lord I am
0: grateful. Thank you so much for being here, everyone, and we will see you next time. Have a wonderful week.